El nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich de McDonald's es crujiente, tiernito, jugoso. Es pollo en la McDonald's, un mordisco y wow. es el nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el app de McDonald's. En McDonald's participantes. Hello everyone, we are back after a short hiatus and what a crazy time it has been for all of us these past few weeks. Supreme Court's verdict on Ayodhya, proposed fees hike in JNU and all the protests that have transpired. All these events have inspired a lot of fake news but right now, we are going to focus on something else. Mob violence, inspired by deadly rumors, spread through instant messengers and social media. This will be a two-part series. The first part will look into how law enforcement can effectively respond to a breaking incident of mob violence to protect the victims and spread awareness about misinformation in areas where people might fall prey to these dangerous rumors. We also bring to you real-life examples of two police officials who, with their brave and innovative thinking, tackled mobs, took down misinformation and saved lives. So, let's rewind back a year when a bunch of graphic videos on WhatsApp caused mayhem in the Indian society. I'm your host Archis and you're listening to That Fact Check Show. videos and it's like you know this is something new mm-hmm. this is a new law enforcement challenge for us you know people yeah. are uh, getting these videos through social media platforms mm-hmm. and they are going into panic mode the month of july 2018 started off on a grim note for india five people were lynched to death in the dhule district of maharashtra on suspicions of being child lifters Just before the fateful day, the entire district has been in a state of panic due to rumors of child kidnappers being shared on WhatsApp and social media. And these rumors were found to be baseless and unrelated to any case of child kidnapping in India. However, the effects of this misinformation campaign was real. It claimed 22 lives in just the months of June and July of 2018 all around the country. But on the 1st of July, the same day as the Dhule incident, something similar was erupting not too far away in the city of Malegaon. A family of 5 was set upon by a mob of around 2000 people on suspicion of being child lifters. However, it ended quite differently. They survived. And what saved them was the quick, effective and methodological response by Malegaon police. IPS officer Harsh Poddar was posted in Malegaon at that time as additional superintendent of police and on this fateful night he was about to embark on a journey that would set an example for the rest of law enforcement in India on how to stop a massive mob from killing people. On the 1st of July 2018 I received a call at about 10:30 p.m. a panicked voice from the other side said that a mob was attacking a family suspecting them to be kidnappers i got the location of the incident and before i could get any other details the call disconnected
in 2018 there was a case where you were involved as well where a huge mob had formed and there were i think five people a group yes. of five people that were caught in, right. in this fire and uh, so yeah. uh, do you remember what how the people reacted when they were told that these rumors were fake were they ready to believe it uh no they were not actually uh, this this was a, a massive mob of about anywhere close to between 1500 to 2000 people um within a very congested uh, area of a city and uh, they were hellbent upon uh, lynching that family of five people on the aspersion that that they were actually kidnappers the police okay. had reached the spot the sho of the local police station was at the spot and in fact he even went on to assure them that uh, we were happy to register a case of kidnapping and investigate the matter and if it was proven that uh, these people were actually kidnappers we would charge sheet it okay. but uh, the mob was not willing to listen whatsoever the only demand that they had uh, repeatedly and even at the cost of violence was that they wanted to lynch this family immediately then and there convinced that uh, that these were kidnappers okay and of course a large part of this was informed by mob mentality whereby mm-hmm. it wasn't one person or a group of people or reasonable people who were negotiating with the police okay. this was the entire mob mm-hmm. in that in- incident the police reached very quickly mm-hmm. and while the first posse of policemen that who that had reached yeah. were fairly overwhelmed by the crowd but nonetheless they were at least able to hold off the crowd for long enough for us to be able to rescue this uh, these people and then reinforcements came wave after wave okay. because there were three phases to that operation yeah. but the rescue was primarily able to happen because uh, the the response time was very less and okay. because we were ready for that sort of situation when we started searching for members of the law enforcement taking initiative to stop mob lynching poddars wasn't the only name that cropped up enter reema rajeshwari district police chief in the southern state of telangana In her jurisdiction as well, WhatsApp played a key role in spreading fear amongst the villagers with unfounded rumors of child kidnappers and organ harvesters. However, through prompt police action and a massive community outreach campaign, Rajeshwari was able to stop any lynching from taking place under her watch. So, we reached out to her as well. So, I want to know the first instance that you encountered WhatsApp rumors. Personally, uh, I dealt with this issue when I was posted as the district police chief in in a district called okay. uh, Jogulamba Gadwal. Uh, it's in the southern state of Telangana, where I am uh, posted right now. Okay. Uh, so I was I was posted to this district uh, in the month of March 2018. Um, usually, whenever I go to uh, uh, a new place, mm. as soon as I take charge, the first thing I do is to a lot uh, village police officers to each village because i have been running this campaign called community outreach campaign mm-hmm. since 2012 okay. uh, this is uh, you know part of my experiment to mm-hmm. bridge the gap between you know rather the mistrust between yeah. uh, you know police and the community okay. so through community outreach campaigns we try to address uh, social issues we identify them we go into the community we talk to them we we try to work very closely with them uh, mm-hmm. and we try to collect the felt needs of the community okay and through these village police officers who are 
constable officers posted in that jurisdictional police station okay and then depending on these uh, felt needs of the community i try to design my policing interventions for that particular region so as soon as i assumed charge in gadwal district Uh, the first thing i did was to depute these village police officers okay. i asked them to adopt uh, three to four villages visit these villages at least three four times in a week interact with the community understand the problems and then come back and give me the uh, feedback every saturday okay so this uh, was uh, i was uh, i think i was barely two weeks into my uh, posting there Okay. So after the first week I was holding uh, a review meeting on a Saturday with these field officers. Mm-hmm. So we were discussing about you know the routine policing challenges, uh, law and order situation, political updates and you know communal updates. So one of the police officers stood up and he told me that ma'am uh, uh, I did my job. I went around the villages. Uh, I've been interacting with the community members. Uh, I observed something very unusual. and in my 25 years of service i have never encountered such a situation in the villages that i visited uh, whole of last week and i would like to report about it mm-hmm. so i told him yeah please go ahead and tell me what is it so he 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 told me that ma'am uh, we are in the month of march uh, you know peak summers and and gadwal is very hot during mm-hmm. summers mm-hmm. and he tells me he observed that after 6 in the evening none of these uh, village residents mm-hmm. were seen outside their homes okay there was a self imposed curfew okay in most of the villages and none of them were sleeping outside their houses which okay. is a very common occurrence in, in this summer. region because of extreme heat mm-hmm. and you know social backwardness because yeah. you know houses are usually small size yeah. of the family is big so yeah. people do sleep outside you know the houses in the courtyard or in the field yeah, it's quite common in the village yeah. centers and it's pretty common in indian villages yeah okay. so my police officer my field officer noticed that after 6 he didn't see anybody outside and he did not see children playing outside and he wanted to be doubly sure about it so he went back in the morning and he checked all these villages even early in the mornings none of the women were you know willing to step out of the homes they were so scared to step out or go to the fields mm-hmm. and uh, so he 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 told me about it and i was like this sounds you know slightly unusual and we need to investigate more into it hmm. and i asked the other field officers if they also witnessed a similar thing in their you know respective uh, jurisdictions mm-hmm. and they told told me that yes they also witnessed something like this so i told all of them go back immediately to wherever you are deputed to mm-hmm. talk to the people interact with the villagers and find out what is happening why the state of curfew is there you know self imposed yeah. curfew is there yeah after two days they all came back to me we had another round of review mm-hmm. and most of the police officers came back with a bunch of uh, images videos and uh, voice messages okay and and one video which was pretty common this was like one of the most collected uh, uh videos by all these officers okay. and you know pretty graphic very gory video and uh, this video had the visual of a man being ripped mm-hmm. apart and his organs being pulled out by a group of you know people okay 
and and this uh, video i mean the the the, the video the, the first video that we came across mm-hmm. it did not have any voice accompanying in that video okay. but then there was another voice message which was shared which was shared along with this video mm-hmm. and that voice message was in telugu in the local language okay in that uh, you can clearly hear that somebody is saying that friends villagers please be aware of this video this video is uh, how the notorious criminal gangs which are moving around in the villages mm-hmm. i know this is how they catch hold of people and this is how they kill them uh, another thing that we have noticed in our work uh, is that uh, a lot of these uh, rumors are spread using very violent videos sometimes very graphic and they are right. like made there are certain uh, links to organ harvesting that are sometimes made and this kind of pushes people to act violently as you said that uh, whenever their children are concerned you know people react to tend to react very very uh, extremely in like an extreme manner so uh, right. in all the campaigns that uh, the law enforcement took uh, where you were involved after that how did you convince people that these videos were unrelated or that they were taken out of context uh this again the kind of campaigns that that one has to undertake as uh, a law enforcement agency um it can't be unidimensional uh, you have to sort of bear in mind uh, the kind of audience that you're interacting with now we found uh, when we were interacting with audiences like, such as schools or colleges or a largely urban population it was much easier to lead them to websites um, that uh, you worked on fake or you know on dispelling fake news for instance okay. um, even to um, search engines that could give you an authoritative response on the internet mm-hmm. verifying whether a certain rumor is true or not okay but in more rural areas or uh, where people were not quite so net savvy mm-hmm. it was much easier to direct them towards government agencies because these were agencies that they trusted Okay. um for them to approach them and actually get an authoritative answer about whether something is true or not okay um sec- this is of course the first difference in mean secondly um you even even the kind of uh, cadences of um, awareness that you that you use mm-hmm. when uh, you when you know you're interacting with these audiences differs a lot um for instance while dealing with rural uh, audiences I often used to draw a parallel between the Ramayana and the Mahabharata and fake news for instance. Mm-hmm. So for instance the for example the instance in the Ramayana where uh, where you know that golden deer leads the way Lord Ram mm-hmm. from Sita is something that I would posit as an example of fake news where uh, you know a, a, yeah. an illusion in one way so to mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. actually led away and and in one way triggered off the entire story okay. or even in the Mahabharata for instance um the fact that ashwatthama was killed is something that was spread as a means of rumor, rumor so that yeah. drone would lay down his mm-hmm. weapons now if you explain it in these terms um they actually understand what this phenomenon is but okay. if on the other hand you tend to be super technical and um, you know you try and um, project it as some something as a 21st century event or something that happened on social media they may not relate or connect to it as well as their okay. local cadences are concerned so law enforcement agencies need to come up with innovative ways such that what they are trying to raise awareness about actually clicks with their audience and it will differ immensely from a region to another 
uh, economic profiles to another and the level of urbanization to another okay so you're saying that these campaigns need to be hyper localized so that people understand absolutely absolutely in order to be effective they, they need to be very very localized okay so i really must cater yeah. mm-hmm. to uh, you know the, the the nature of the audience that uh, okay okay we uh, you know we we we, we tried everything possible you know i call it uh, social innovation uh, we we try to do door to door campaign yeah we right. came up with a folk team you know mm-hmm. consisting of police officers who could sing and dance we wrote songs in the local dialects mm-hmm. we went around all the villages conducted cultural programs okay. we even roped in the help of the town criers you know mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. who uh, locally they are known as drappu artists okay. they beat this small drum gather people around and give out a message that is really and uh, and and you know we conducted training sessions for the sarpanches the village head men okay. and we we took the help of the village youth to join us in the awareness campaigns we did everything possible and we been doing it even today we never okay. stopped so this okay. is an ongoing thing so if you want to convince a community because they are very concerned about their children their safety then you also have to be relentless you okay. need to do it consistently in maligao and in other places that i've been posted at including uh, nagpur as well as uh, bead mm-hmm. we found it useful to uh, implement an anti fake news campaign uh, through two parallel tracks Mm-hmm. one is uh, the awareness based one and the second is the enforcement based one okay so the awareness based one um targets a much larger segment of the populace mm-hmm. where you need to build an environment where in particular rural uh, populations can actually approach government authorities to clarify um, rumors that could, that could cause violence in urban areas you need to educate large segments of uh, the population either through uh, religious institutions or educational institutions etc mm-hmm. so that you have a large outreach um, where you can direct them as to the methods through which one can actually verify this kind of uh, news okay. before believing it or acting upon it and the second uh, type or the second track is the enforcement based one uh, which is in some ways a deterrent uh, uh, method okay. so in these cases it's important to actually take um criminal action against people who have been caught spreading fake news that could excite violence uh, on okay. social media of okay. course you have to be very careful about the fact that uh, you know you shouldn't as a law enforcement agency you shouldn't become a muzzling body because mm-hmm. in a democratic entity that that's mm-hmm. not desirable mm-hmm. you have to pick out only those instances where real public disorder can be expected so okay. uh, you need to take action secondly um especially in rural areas you need to reduce the police response time because in many cases this kind of violence erupts very very suddenly mm-hmm. and without any kind of forewarning okay. so and especially in rural areas you have police stations where the furthest place um, uh, you know point in the police station might take you quite a bit of time to reach so you need okay. to redo your redraw your patrolling routes such that at any point of time if a call for violence or about violence comes Okay. the police or any other law enforcement agency should be able to reach very very quickly because okay. typically once you have the police reaching then uh, the temperature of the incident sort of subsides very dramatically okay. and what could be a lynching hmm. could potentially um, come down how do members of mob think what causes them to act in such violent ways without any fear of repercussions That is one question I asked both and the answer I got confirmed a certain theory I had about the link 
between mob mentality and rumor mongering on the internet. An aspect of mob mentality is that people tend to think that uh, they are concealed or that they are in some way not identifiable once they are in a mob. Okay. So they feel safe making demands that are completely rational, even violent, even murderous in this case. Okay. Um, assuming that that they are safe behind the sanctity of the mob. So they feel like the sense of an- anonymity in the crowd. Exactly. Basically. Exactly. The anonymity they think um, that a mob offers them. um probably protects them from being uh, identified but that's not true presently because with cctv and video cameras and even phone cameras for that matter mm-hmm. uh, at a later stage during the course of investigation it's very easy to find out exactly who was uh, you know involved in what kind of role which okay. is exactly what was done when uh, this case was being investigated later so when they see the rumors and somebody comes to the village and says that see guys i have seen two women who look like the child lifters we saw in the whatsapp video so the whole village gathers and they try to attack these two women mm-hmm. so did they, they they did not have this you know uh, you know this rationality to mm-hmm. to think that you know no 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 they are not supposed to take law into their hands so and okay. once you are part of a mob Mm-hmm. you then you know that um, every mob gives you that sense of anonymity okay and then you have a common purpose the purpose yeah, is yeah. you know you are trying to protect your child so you just heard two super cops in india explain the steps they took to prevent social media rumors from instigating mob violence under their watch and if you didn't notice already some of their points did coincide and for good reason and the one point i'd like to highlight here is anonymity just like a mob gives anonymity to perpetrators of mob violence social media has for long given a sense of anonymity to those who try to disinform others by purposefully engaging in sharing such troublesome rumors now to our listeners you too can help in this regard by reporting and flagging any post on social media that you find dubious or fake and if it's a whatsapp forward Don't hesitate to send it to us on our WhatsApp helpline number which is 77009061. That's it for the first part of our two-part series called Deadly Rumors. And next week we'll be back with our second report which will focus on the studies conducted on the role of WhatsApp in instigating mob violence to see what tech companies can do from their end to prevent this terrible affliction. This episode was put together by Boom producer Kritika Kare and me Archis. That's it for now. Catch you next week. Shoots ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org/autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed insured by NCUA.